Hi everybody, this is Gatsad. Uh just got back last night from uh, uh speaking at the America Fest 2023 event which is organized by uh Turning Point USA, the organization and movement that was founded by Charlie Kirk. Had a great time. I talked about uh prescriptions for a happy and good life. Uh I will be posting that talk uh, in the next couple of days once I receive it. Uh, it was truly an incredible uh, event in that uh, this might have been the largest crowd that I've ever spoken in front of live. I think the previous one was uh, <clears throat> in Mexico, maybe 5,000 people, and this one I think had uh, quite a bit more. It was really quite something. In any case, uh, what I thought I would do today, what uh, uh, prime me to do today's uh, episode is uh, the ongoing stuff that's happening at Harvard University uh, with uh, the president of Harvard, Claudine Gay, and some of the craziness that's taking place at Harvard. Some of you might remember that in a recent uh, X Spaces uh, session, I discussed the uh, ranking of 248 universities uh, on you know free inquiry and free speech and uh, as uh, conducted by fire uh, foundation individual rights uh, and expression and uh, harvard came out last 248 out of 248 now i don't mean to just uh, pilot on harvard but that made me think about a very famous set of debates, part of the greater culture wars and certainly the science wars uh, that took place between two opposing camps at Harvard beginning in the 1970s. And so this is really taking me back to my scientific work in evolutionary psychology and sociobiology. And so I wanted to introduce you to just an absolutely unbelievable book. So, Defenders of the Truth by Ul uh, Ulika Segestrale, whom I've communicated with, and I had been meaning I had been meaning to invite her on the sad truth, and uh, uh, I never followed up. So, I, I I definitely need to correct that uh, mishap or that uh, oversight on my part. So. Defenders of the Truth by Segerstrale is a book, I think, if I remember, I'm going on memory, it's from 2001. I read this book, I devoured it. It talks about the wars that were... By the way, before I go on to tell you about what it talks about, here's another book by Segerstrale. This is actually the one that I was going to invite her to. Nature's Oracle, The Life and Work of Bill Hamilton. Bill Hamilton is the gentleman, many people have said that he is arguably the biggest evolutionary biologist since none other than Darwin. Uh, he came up with the mechanisms of kin selection. Uh, incidentally, his doctoral dissertation at the time, I think it was at Harvard, was going to be rejected. Uh, and then eventually the paper that rose from that doctoral dissertation, which forms the basis of kin selection, 
the idea that uh, altruistic behavior can develop, can evolve between kin, and there's an evolutionary mechanism by which these altruistic behavior can evolve between kin is, is now known as kin selection, and it is one of the four Darwinian modules that I use when I try to explain a wide range of consumer behavior. The, the survival module, the mating module, the kin selection module, and the reciprocal altru altruism module, which is from Robert Trivers, one of the other great evolutionary biologists whom I tried to get on my show, but it didn't go too well. In any case, I won't get into that. So the reason why I'm going to talk about this is because th these culture wars and science wars that is are talked about in this book in the Defenders of the Truth took place at Harvard. And so continuing the long tradition of not being tolerant of opposing views, I'm going to discuss the story at Harvard. But in any case, so also don't forget, this is the biography of uh, Bill Hamilton, also written by Segestrale, so I would highly recommend you check it out. But let's come back to this book here, Defenders of the Truth. It recounts the story of the battle that unfolded when E.O. Wilson, now this is the book, Sociobiology, Sociobiology is the book that was written, a classic book, the social basis basically of behavior, of which kin selection would be one such example. Uh, it was a book that was published in 1975 by E.O. Wilson. For those of you who don't know E.O. Wilson, I'm hitting you with a lot of books, unbelievable. E.O. Wilson, this is called Naturalist, his autobiography. E.O. Wilson was, of course, an entomologist at Harvard who studied social ants. Uh, he is also the one who wrote one of my favorite books of all time. I keep mentioning it, Consilience, Unity of Knowledge. Consilience is the idea that you can build bridges between, say, the humanities, the social sciences, and the natural sciences, and hence create consilience between them. And it forms the basis. So, for example, in my first academic book, The Evolutionary Basis of Consumption, uh, in the last chapter, I talk about how evolutionary psychology is the framework that can offer consilience, not only to the behavioral sciences, but to consumer behavior in, in specifically. In other words, in order to have a unifying theory to explain human behavior, you need some meta framework that offers you consilience, which you often have in the natural sciences, you have much less of in the social sciences, and of course, consilience can be achieved only through the application of evolutionary psychology, evolutionary theory to understand human behavior. Okay, This is actually very relevant to what happens here at Harvard back in the 1970s. And so Consilience is a book that you want to read by E.O. Wilson. Uh, okay, so let me move on. So these are the five books that I thought were relevant to the story. So in Defenders of the Truth, E.O. Wilson is after publishing his book, Sociobiology, in 1975, the last chapter of that book takes the sociobiological approach, which he used to explain the social behavior, the biological basis of social behavior across countless species, and he said, oh, and here's how we could apply it to humans. This was in chapter 26, I think, the last chapter of the book. 
And then the world went crazy. What are you talking, Wilson? How dare you say that biology explains human behavior? And this, as some of you who follow my work know, became eventually known as the human reticence effect. So that scientists, social scientists certainly, but even natural scientists, are perfectly happy to accept that evolution explains the behavior of every species except one species called human beings. And so when E.O. Wilson dared to apply the sociobiological principles to humans, that created great outrage, outrage and, and, and many people were irate, including, so now we come to Harvard, two of his illustrious Harvard colleagues, there were others, but the two most famous ones were Stephen Jay Gould, some of you may know him, the paleontologist who wrote many uh, uh, best-selling books meant for the masses. Uh, he's known for his theory of punctuated uh, equilibria. But Stephen Jay Gould understood evolution, yet he wasn't willing to accept that it applied to human behavior in the way that E.O. Wilson was purporting. And another one was Richard Lewinton, who was also a natural scientist, but who was a Marxist, who then thought, well, many of these evolutionary explanations would be contrary to Marxist doctrines, and therefore it must be defeated. And so, of course, my entire academic career was nothing but a reflection of the fact that, or a manifestation of the fact that many of my social scientist colleagues and people who are housed in the business schools, you know, some economists, some organizational behavioral folks, some you know, consumer psychologists, some behavioral decision-making folks, all of the people in the business school said, what, what are you talking about? You can't apply biology to study employers and employees and consumers. You know, those folks exist outside of biology. And my entire academic career was was really fighting back against that. And it wasn't, it hasn't been easy to oftentimes publish scientific papers in those journals because the gatekeepers would have none of it. Well, E.O. Wilson was the OG uh, of fighting those battles at Harvard, where his close colleagues were completely rejecting the idea that you could apply evolutionary thinking and sociobiology to explain human affairs. So even in the context of, you know, scientists debating amongst themselves, he was being, you know, harassed and ostracized. And this is, E.O. Wilson is one of the greatest scientists you know, of the past hundred years, and yet his Harvard colleagues were causing him all sorts of trouble. There's a famous incident in 1978 where he was about to speak and some protester came and famously uh, dumped uh, ice water over his head in, in, in protest of the fact that this, you know, Nazi was using biology to explain human affairs. So again, now, of course, these these dogmatic, intolerant academics are not restricted to Harvard, but this shows you that even someone with with the stellar, unblemished, extraordinary credentials and uh, stature of E.O. Wilson was hounded by fellow intolerant Harvard professors, all of whom, by the way, 
have proven to be grotesquely wrong. They were they were parasitized. So the parasitic mind, which many of you know, is a book that I uh, wrote and published in 2020. Uh, really, the way that I was first exposed to parasitic uh, thinking was in the context of my academic career, where I would see these professors be completely parasitized by these ideological pathogens that were so detrimental to logic, to reason, to science. And so again, this is where you 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 see it originally, where these natural scientists. Stephen Jay Gould, Richard Lewinton, and others at Harvard were saying, no way, E.O. Wilson, you can't use biology to explain human affairs. Leave these biological explanations for all other species. But when it comes to anything above the neck, when it comes to explaining the human mind, that certainly can't be due to evolution, you Nazi. So there you have it. Harvard continues its wonderful tradition of being intolerant even when it comes to someone as astoundingly prestigious as a scientist as E.O. Wilson. Now imagine that Harvard has produced folks like E.O. Wilson, and now we have President Claudine Gay, who it turns out not only has been accused now of, I think, something like 40 instances of unbelievable plagiarism i haven't looked at the situation you know the specific cases but apparently it's it's a recurring pattern of very very grotesque plagiarism but now it just came out a day or two ago that even the acknowledgments i think in her dissertation are plagiarized so there you have it you know people think that a a university's reputation is untouchable, right? Harvard is Harvard, and it can never be blemished in any way. Well, boy, are they doing a good job at proving that dictum wrong. So there you have it, folks. Go check out, if you're interested in these incredible scientific slash cultural war battles, this is an incredible book, Defenders of the Truth by Segerstrale. Have a good day, everybody. Cheers.